When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello and welcome to episode 52, season 9 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Uh, we're recording a day after uh, Spurs drew one all with Manchester United, which was a bit of a disappointment in the end because we were leading well into the game and, and conceded a penalty in the last 10 minutes. But I think, you know, I've got Spooky on the line, got Felonius on the line, uh, but all so- of us... All, uh, all right, hello, boys. We're all we're all buoyant because uh, Brighton have just turned over Arsenal, <laughs> and they've not just turned them over; it, it, they've they've beaten them in a way that infuriates all their fans. That they, right now, their Arsenal fans are, are like screaming at, at Neil Mopai. That's a beautiful know, thing, isn't it? Because he he's just he, he's just a you know he's a Brentford player. He, he's turned into a decent. You know, Premier League striker for for Brighton, but he somehow stick like managed to drill into the fabric of Arsenal and undo everything frail about them. Spook, do you yes. understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, man. When you talk about th- these type of details, um, I, I, I get a chubby. I've got to be honest, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Arsenal are very weak. They very much don't have a spine. Uh, very fragile. Very insecure. And yeah, the whole world is is, is against them in, in in scenarios like this. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've been hard done by. But they're just shit. Some Arsenal fans have called him a, a murderer. They are shit, basically, because <laughs> with Spurs being as inconsistent as they are, it's always good to have a little top up on the on the weekend. 
you know what I mean? When Spurs don't get the result and Arsenal give you a result. T, isn't it bizarre like what, what an Arsenal fan can do for you, what an Arsenal performance, a bad Arsenal performance can do for your mood? The thing was is that if they were like normal human beings and accepted that their team lost, it'd be fine. But just seeing the rage throughout their fan base, I believe they've, um, they've defaced um, his Wikipedia page as well. <laughs> so it's just, okay. it, it's beautiful. And then you've seen the AFTV watch-alongs and they were on a delay You've probably all seen a video by now, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely well, what, beautiful. What happens in the video? Let's talk about it. Well, I don't think um, the winner had gone in. As, so as what, DT, uh, yeah, D during, you're so watching DT their stream. Out. Yeah. You're watching their stream, and uh, and it's one all. And yeah. DT for some reason starts reacting really badly in the background. He, he leaves. What, and why, why does he leave? Because <laughs> it's because like it's, cause the winner's gone in. <laughs> He's, he's sat I at the think back. He must have got word. Yeah, no. If you if you if you watch the video, he's sat at the back. Everyone else is watching the screen. He's looking at his phone. <laughs> you see the moment his heart breaks, <laughs> and he just he just he doesn't. He initially doesn't. You don't know what he's going to do, but then he gets up and he has one of these, like he's uh, he's had a bad interview on TV and he's and he's raging, and he's pulling his mic off and he's and he's actually done it. He walks completely off camera before he's he's told um one of the other guys the result yeah uh, the whole thing was just i mean you couldn't even script this comedy it's just so perfectly <laughs> uh perfectly played out and uh, i guess i guess that's why it's magical because well, it, just, it, it they... is magical spook because the, the the thing is is that that when you watch that video if you haven't seen it it'll be on the internet somewhere you'll be able to find it or go on twitter type uh, aftv and you'll see it but he he leaves like He's not going to do any interviews, and I, you know, full well he is because that's his currency. Mm -hmm. His mm -hmm. interviews are his currency. Uh, so, so don't make a don't make a stand of like standing up and walking away when your team gets beat. Like <laughs> I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm sick of Arsenal, and I'm sick. Hang on a minute. No, no, I'm not sick of me making money. I'm sick of Arsenal <laughs> losing. But I also yeah, realise yeah, yeah. that like like I've got to stay around for the interview because you know. Wait, like this is this is how I make my money. So, I, I think it's probably not worth looking too deeply into. But you know what I'm like. He knew in that moment what he needed to do because he thought, right, we've lost. Let me make it about myself. I think they, I think they enjoy they enjoy mucking themselves <laughs> off a little bit because they they know that's their nature. It's in their nature. It's in in the, it's in their DNA to be muggy little twats. Um, oh, no, DNA. I, I, I don't think I, I don't I, like being like really honest here. I, I don't think DT in that moment like was playing up. I, I think he felt like all football fans do when their team gets uh, a result turned against them in the last minute. I, I'm, I'm sure it was genuine. I'm just saying. Oh, fair enough. You're defending him, yeah. I I I don't think he's uh, <laughs> like I I think that he is like I think he does love his football club. I, I mean, oh no, that's not denying that everyone loves their football club. But he he's like the perfect fan for Arsenal because he he is symptomatic of what it is to be an Arsenal fan. So I I don't think he doesn't feel the pain, but I also think he realizes that he can't actually walk away. He wasn't serious when he said, yeah, I, what I didn't I wasn't. 
I wasn't saying he doesn't feel the pain. I hope he fucking feels the pain. He definitely feels That's the pain. That's the thing that gives me the chubby. But um, I think in that moment as well, he knew that he could, he could just, he could just on camera do a bit of drama, a bit of method acting, channel his frustration because you're right. He's going to have to walk back onto the, on, on, in front of the camera <laughs> 20 minutes later, put his mic back on. Do you know what I mean? He's going to have to talk about it. Do you know so what it is? It's the, it. it's the, it's the, you know, the, the uh, meme that you post every now and then, T, with it's happening and that man, like, with yeah. the, the disco lights <laughs> and he's just, his hands are pumping up in the air. It's, <laughs> it's that, it's that feeling, that it's happening feeling is. Twice in a week. Yeah, you can't, you can't, um, you can't replace it with anything. And, you know, I, I, I think some, some of the people listening to this are like, why are you getting so much joy out of Arsenal losing? But, like it's, it's not. It, it isn't me being like bit, a bit of Spurs fan. It, it is a real thing, isn't it? It's a real thing that that you should gain as much enjoyment over Arsenal losing as you do Tottenham winning. Is, is that? Am I out of line there? I just think, as I said at the at the outset, it's just the reaction to it. Really, um, <clears throat> Chelsea, Chelsea lose games. Um, West Ham lose games. Doesn't feel the same. And, doesn't feel the same. Obviously, we hate Arsenal more than those two teams, but the way the Arsenal fans take it is like a personal affliction, you know. And um, yeah, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Did uh, just just for the record, did do you, do you think Neil Pai did anything wrong in his challenge uh, on Leno when they were going for the same ball? I've not seen any of the football today, so yeah, I didn't. But, I didn't but, see it. I just but, saw the aftermath. What do you think your answer is? Did he do anything wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it makes no difference where he did or didn't <laughs> he, he did nothing wrong well I think the reaction from Guendouzi and his teammates did nothing wrong does that, sh- does that show you about some of the kind of frailties in that football club well it's from top to bottom isn't it it's not like um, the players are one way and the fans are another it's like they're all just one mm. you know I mean they're all just twats. There's no kind of... I mean, it is annoying to lose and in the way that they did. But, and have a bit of bollocks about you. Yes, this is it, man. It's, it's, it's petulance. It isn't, look how spirited they are. Look how much they care for their teammate that's gone off injured. It's not that. It's petulance. It's, it's, it's like, how dare you be on the pitch with us and, 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 and show us up. Like, you, you've got to turn up. And you've got to you you you've got to prove that you're the better team. And I think even with them being in disarray, even if they might not admit it, even though they might be confident in themselves, it's all uh, a facade. It's not real. It's all just uh, an illusion. And 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 yet they re- they lose, and people are surprised. You shouldn't be surprised as an Arsenal supporter. You should accept this is what you do. This happens so often now. The, the, they're as calamitous as we were when we were really shit. Uh, apparently, Brighton have done the double now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. But 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 what, I think what you got, to, and, and not just that, they 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 uh, treble really. If you think the last three games, three times Brighton have played them, they've lost to them. They lost at the very end of the last season. When, do you remember the? Did they lose oh, that game or was it a draw? No, they lost. They lost two. Oh wow, that's even better. Yeah, um, yeah, and and and. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a funny thing, and do you know do you know what it what what's really funny about it is you know a lot of Arsenal fans have been hyping up Arteta, and I, and I, I, I this makes it 
you know even more enjoyable is is the fact that I feel like Arteta probably is a good manager and he has the right ideas and if he's given the time he probably will turn Arsenal into a bit of a force but that 3-0 defeat against Man City in the week probably wasn't reflective of what's actually happening happening at Arsenal you know you looked at it I really enjoyed it I loved it but it was Man City away and anyone can get done get done there do you know what I mean it, yeah, yeah. but 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 with with this result <laughs> with Brighton you know being legitimately relegation fodder for them to lose that as well is a different it's a different tone it's a different any Arsenal fans that that, that use the United fan uh, United uh, sorry City game as a just a caveat to to the good work that's being done can't use the the Brighton loss as a caveat because if they are, if they're using both losses as a caveat, you're 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 not acknowledging the reality. So I, I think that's why it feels good. This is a Tottenham pod, yeah, or just a. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Good point. Good point. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the fact that Wait, I'm laughing. It. I can keep talking if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're we're done. We're done. So uh, obviously, Spurs did play Manchester United at uh, White Hart Lane on uh, well last night as we record. And uh, what did you make of the performance overall, uh, Spook? I thought we played all right. I wasn't. I had no, I had no expectations because I, after that behind closed doors Norwich result and just the whole uh, lockdown kind of uh, draining you of, of, of energy and enthusiasm for everything because of all the politics, you kind of thought, well, here we go. First game back, Man United. You know what? You know the lineup. You thought is that is that aggressive and progressive enough to go out there and do a job? But we we you know started not too well, shaped up. Uh, Lamella was industrious, lacked finesse in the final third. Uh, There's a couple of standout players deserved to go ahead, and I genuinely think we could have scored maybe a second and third if we just had that little bit of. Not ingenuity, but just that the concise uh, pass when it mattered the most in, in, in and around that penalty area. Um, United got stronger. Uh, Pogba is a player and a half. Um, we've done all right. I'm just disappointed that we got a, just a point out of it. <laughs> but also happy that we didn't lose it 2-1 after that penalty we'll come uh, on, comedy. We'll, we'll definitely come on the to the... We'll definitely come on to the penalties, but um, T, what, what what did you make of how we set up? Like, is that the kind of performance that you you want to see? You know, were were we too defensive, too compact, or is that was that the correct way to approach the game? Well, when I saw the lineup, I wasn't optimistic at all. Um, I didn't want um, Lamella, Dyer, or Winks to start, but they all three of them actually did okay. Um, Lamella was wasteful in large spells, and his fitness wasn't there, and so I got taken off, but. Darwin and Winks especially had, had decent enough games. So um, in terms of how we set up, I think this is what this is a new normal. Um, Mourinho looking at the opposition and setting up accordingly, which maybe isn't a bad thing. We can't all be like Kevin Keegan and be gung-ho, say this is our team, we're going to smash you up, whatever. He kind of looked at um, picking Dial and Sanchez because they're, they're probably the paciest of the centre-backs. Um, picked a midfield to kind of stifle them, which works to a degree. Um, but I think it's fairly evident that if this game took place in March when it should have, we'd have got an absolute shoeing. So I'll take the draw all day long. 
<laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right there, mate. Uh, we've got a, a, a question from Jabber, or more of a statement. He says, am I alone in not thinking, uh, not giving two fucks about last night? Yes, it was disappointing to let the lead slip. I think we deserved the three points, but this is a season I wanted long finished so we could start again from scratch next season. Instead, He's a are... Pochettino fanboy, though. He said, instead, we are where we are and it's dragging on. Javad may be a Pochettino fanboy, but he says he doesn't give two fucks about that result. I, I, um, I, I, I took it quite badly. And, and it's a weird thing, boys, because I, like, the old, I, when we started the podcast, I was always philosophical about every result. Every, I felt that every result, regardless of whether it was good or bad, was a stepping stone to something better. You know, we, we could lose a game, but there's a vision ahead of us. I'm now at a point, uh, at 38, nearly, uh, you know, in a couple of years, I'll be 40 years old. And I'm like, I, I take results worse now than, than I did, <laughs> uh, than I ever have. And and I think I feel I feel alone in it. I feel alone. I feel like I, I'm the only person who's who's taking these results poorly. But but if you look at the, the the entire circumference of that that game, you know we we played well. We we had really good opportunities. Certainly the first half, you know, it, the first fifteen twenty minutes of it was difficult, and we struggled with their uh, their pace and intensity but we were very compact and we made it very difficult for them and, and and then we got the lead and not only did we get the lead we had several opportunities to double it so it, it, do I do I need to just just sit back and 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 uh, and and, uh, and just accept what what where, where we are and, and and the fact that we can't play free flowing football or should I expect a a style of football that is is free flowing. That is you know expansive and 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 and, um, and damaging. Given the fact that we do have the quality in our squad, certainly with Kane, Son, Bergwijn, and, and um, you know, I think that's uh, the yeah. That that that's the question. If you look back at when Pochettino inherited the team, and it took him about six months, a bit longer, to get things going, you know, why is it any different from Mourinho? Well. Isn't and it is, but I mean the caveat with Mourinho is you kind of know what kind of football you're going to get from Mourinho. It isn't going to be expansive. Uh, there might be days where we play like world beaters and we we brush teams aside four or five nil, but it's not. It's he is methodical and and very deliberate in the way he lines up and he and he thinks how can I how can I get the point or the three points here and it might not be entertaining to watch on that viewpoint then you're not going to be happy even when we do win because you're going to be thinking well this isn't this isn't what Tottenham's about and then you can go down you can go on a tangent about well what you know what do we want do we want to be successful do we want this in a minute we just want a bit of consistency and we then want Mourinho to have the the option to improve certain areas and let's see what you can do with the team um but I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't think it gets any easier the older you get. And maybe it's because as Spurs supporters, we're starved. You know, if we had a few cups here and there and a few titles here and there, we probably would be a little bit more mellow about things. But we've just come through the Pochettino years, got nothing out of it in terms of silverware. And now we don't really know where we're going. Our identity, you know, Mourinho's rebranded himself. I, I don't care about that. I want Spurs to be rebranded. What's their identity? What's what's the style of football? Mm. 
Um, T, what, what did you make of the, the lineup? You know, there was a relatively surprising inclusion of Eric Dyer at centre back. Uh, yeah. No Adeverald, no Vertonghen. Um, yeah, what, what, what did you make of the lineup? Sanchez wasn't a surprise, I didn't think. Um, but... I mean, as I kind of alluded to earlier on, that kind of sucked out all of my optimism when I saw the lineup. <laughs> It, 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 really, it really did. Team, because just before, um, that's just, fine. Just because, just be, just before you go on to that, there was when you saw the lineup, there was a massive deflation, wasn't it? We haven't um, not huge. felt this before. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, the way we were, kind of thing. But no, the lineup did, didn't really fill me with optimism. You know, the most expensive sign in, in our history didn't even get a second of football last night. So, so that was disappointing. And um, at centre back, um, as I said earlier on, he did well. I thought he did um, really well. I thought, I he, thought... he did do well. I mean, it was annoying that he gave away the penalty, yep. a soft penalty instead of penalty. So yep. you know that that was frustrating. But did okay. Um, Winks applied himself very well, um, but it was frustrating to not see Undumbele get a minute because we didn't create a lot of chances, and Undumbele was someone who can definitely. Definitely do that, but yeah. I mean, to answer to answer Devad's question, I was only having a bit of a laugh with them earlier on. Um, towards the end of um, well, before COVID happened, um, I did feel the same way he did. I did want the season to end. It was just so frustrating. I think the last six games we were winless um, before you know before the break, so it was a bit frustrating. But it feels like a bit of a rebirth now. You know, we've, we've been starved of football, and having it back kind of made me feel a little bit good again. The game wasn't end to end or exciting or anything but just nice to see Spurs again yeah definitely the, the, uh, at that midfield we had Winks because um, I thought that Dyer would probably start in that kind of defensive midfield enforcer role um, it turned out that you know as Mourinho said post post, or actually pre-game he was talking about you know fitness levels and, and pace at the back and he decided to go with Eric Dyer who isn't necessarily the most paciest defender but Sanchez and Dyer as the fittest defenders made made sense to me. But it meant that we had to have a midfield of Winks and Sissoko. Sissoko uh, was a funny one. I mean, sorry to cut you, but he you had nine touches in the first half and the massive sea change in the second half from him. In what way? No, a massive improvement from it Sissoko. It was improved, but he, I don't think he was as influential as he has been previously. It wasn't and, that. I don't think it was his kind of game. I think he likes games that are kind of um, end to end and just less structure to them. Both teams are very structured. I think he struggles in those those environments, but I think he did a lot better in the second half. Yeah, he did. He did. But I, I, it, as I was watching it, I, I felt like it was calling out for a much more technical midfielder. So Winks grew into the game after about ten fifteen minutes. He started to get the ball. He started to find and drill in, drive into space and. <laughs> And, and was was quite dangerous. He, he he he's driving runs kept pulling Manchester United's midfield out of place, and we were finding dangerous positions. But Sissoko didn't really manage that. And it, as the 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 first half was coming to an end, I I felt like it, we could have really done with someone like Ndombélé or or Lo Celso in midfield to have that technical ability in the same way that Bruno Fernandes does. Probably not on his level because he's clearly like an elite player. The fact that we seemingly had an opportunity to buy him but didn't is, I mean, unbelievable. But anyway, you know, we have we have players on our bench in in, in Dombele and and, and Lo Celso to, to play that technical role. But um, he chose, 
it seemed that he chose that 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 midfield and defence for their their ability to move and be physical and be competitive. Uh, it's it's a strange thing. Lacelso didn't get any game time at all. But we got we got some questions later on about Lacelso. Uh, Connor on Twitter he says what what was the point in Mourinho bigging up Ndombele when we were uh, training only to not play him against United? Did Ndombele try try it with his daughter or something? Sorry. What do you think of his daughter? Have you seen her? No, is she fit? You're on your computer. I've watches. Um... Does she? Does he have a daughter for real, or is this a? He does have a daughter. I'm not. I'm not messing with well, her. What do you think? I wouldn't do that in a live recording. Can you imagine? Just got all sons. Um, I don't know. I think we've got play West Ham today, so he's probably having one eye on that game. Um, but it was weird that Ndombele didn't get a single second of football last night. I, I, so he came out, didn't he, Spooker, about, uh, and, and, and talking about how he was impressed now with Ndombele's mm-hmm. application in training, that he was willing to be a part of a team. I wonder if, if, if you, you've got to read a lot into a single comment, but I wonder if Ndombele came into the side or into the club expecting his reputation to deliver him a position in, in the first team and perhaps not realising what it took to, to get into the first team at Tottenham, which is very different from the club he came from. Yeah, maybe it could. I mean, it's been suggested in the past it could be like a like a, a state of mind, a mentality issue, and, and maybe with the frustrations that he had during the season, he, his general fitness and application just kind of degraded and... and you know, he wasn't. He was never in a you know in a position where you felt confident enough to see him finish like a ninety-minute game. Um, he's like his talent is undeniable. You just know that this guy, you know, you, you could build a midfield around him. You know, he's got a bit of everything, um, and it, it's brain-numbing. Even Mourinho making that comment, you don't know with Mourinho. Is he saying that because it's actually the opposite of what he believes? And he's putting pressure on the player. Is is Mourinho just scapegoating him because that's what he, Mourinho likes doing to certain players? This is all based on what just Twitter talk and media talk and, and the usual inability for us to grasp the reason behind this this guy sitting on the bench for for nine minutes. Well, it just could it could simply be tactical. Like these games are coming thick and fast. You know, they've we haven't played football for a while. They haven't played football for a while. They only just started training. Maybe it's just he brings you in for West Ham. Trust what you can do against West Ham because if you can't do it against them, then you, 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 there is something wrong. Dude. But it's frustrating as hell, man. We we spent a lot of money on him. He's a good player. So if it's a head problem, it's the coach's responsibility to to, to help him through that. See, uh, Josh on Twitter, he says, what, what are you willing to sacrifice for us to get rid of Aurier and for him to be, go on to become the scum's first choice right back? Knowing that you you personally you have impersonally inflicted pain on every single weekend of their lives, I, I, I'm I'm still uh, he had a bad game yesterday, but I'm still a fan of Aurier. What what, what do you make of that statement of that question? Um, I'm a fan of Aurier. I have been, but I do think it's a position that we need to upgrade in the in the summer. Well, summer now, but when the season's over, um, the penalty that never was. Was his fault? If you have opportunities that were his fault as well, I mean, he'll 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 get better as the season goes on. But 
It's not even. It's, I mean, I love Ovier as a bloke. He's he, you know he makes me laugh because he's just such an idiot. I mean, the whole lockdown, the breach of lockdown two or three times. But yeah, we should definitely seek an upgrade. Do you know he's the only only uh, right back to get more assists than? Uh, so to, to sorry, uh, after just second. Yeah, after after Alexander Arnold, he's the second for most assists. Yeah, and I can I say, can believe that. When you say right back, he's like he hasn't played right back after since Mourinho. He played right back at, against United, but he has he hasn't played right back in its conventional sense when Mourinho arrived. So he got more license. So what 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 is it spooky about him that that riles people? Do you think? Um. Well, I can go down the road. I probably won't. I don't know. I think it's because because he. They're he, all racists. <laughs> Uh, it, you know what? I don't know. I think uh, we do love scapegoating players, and there's certain positions that are easy to scapegoat. And I think the fullback positions, even Carl Walker and Danny Rose, the abuse those guys got before they turned it around and, and got into the team, and it's it's almost like you don't give a player the opportunity to improve and get better. It's it's what can you offer us now? Oh, you you you're, you're fledgling, or you're a bit, you're a bit raw, you're a rough diamond, whatever. It, I like him as well. I don't. I don't. I can't. I don't think I hate any Spurs footballers, but there's certain players. As much as you like them, you know that we could do better. And it could be that someone comes in who's boring as fuck, follows the lockdown rules, doesn't go out for for you know the occasional haircut, but gives you consistency. But might not do anything dramatic. Might not assist as many, or might not score. You know the odd occasional screamer. Um, I think there's a lot of positions in the team that we can improve on, just squad-wise. Um, I don't mind him. He has good days, he has bad days, but then every fullback we've ever had has been questionable in in, in certain areas. You know, Walker would have brain farts. You know, it costs us games. So I think it's just uh, part of the the job description. Eric Lamella's performance. Eric Lamella. Um, mm. You know, he started in number ten position, which isn't like a role that's common. Uh, starting the game at foot, uh, football at Tottenham isn't common for Eric Lamella. But what, what did you make of his certainly his first half performance against Manchester United? What, what do you think? Like, if you remove your your preconceived ideas of what he can deli- he can deliver for Tottenham, what what did you make of his first forty five minutes? T? Oh, it's it's quite wasteful in possession. I found it's the wrong answer. It's the wrong answer. I'm gonna I'm, 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 I'm gonna get to the good bit. It's a bit of a shit sandwich. Yeah, well, we'll but, start um, with the good and then end with the bad. Well, he didn't stop trying. <laughs> ran 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 around a lot. He did. He did. Right. He ran around like a fucking like like his life depended on it, didn't it? But you know, a lot of the time he was running around is after the mistakes that he'd made. But. He did. He did very well. I mean, with Lacelso not fully fit, and then Dombele out of the team, and um, Dele Ali suspended. You know, he acquitted himself fairly well. He was not 100% fit, but he still went in there and did a job for us. And he's a valuable squad player to have. And as long as he's used as a squad player as a rotation option, then that's that's fine by me. He he showed more effort and more drive than anyone else in that pitch, like Man United or Spurs. Yeah, he needed to. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, he did. He did need to, but that doesn't mean you should take away from the fact that he did it. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I, su- I suppose. I mean, um, 
look, tell me. I I just think that um the the opinions on his performance are quite well you know quite diverse. I'd say some people thought he did it brilliantly. Some just saw that he was just wasting possession and wasting passes and passing the ball a second too late. Is that to do with ring rust, ring rust or just his um, general ability? I don't know. There are times when um, Son and Kane were open and he just didn't see the pass. But I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know if that's his game. Well, like, where, where are we at as, as, as Spurs fans? We have the arrogance to, to dismiss the work that he did. Like, like you know, like, are we at a position now where we don't want players that work their bollocks off for the cause? Like, that he's working is... his bollocks off because of his mistakes, though. Yeah, true. That's, that's but... the problem. It's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like I'm making mistakes. I've got to work twice as hard because I keep fucking up. Yeah, but so so you, a more gifted player can just walk around around the uh, around the pitch with his cock out and, and, and you know not try, and that's okay because he's more gifted. Or you well, have yeah, player... Bruno Fernandez did that. Uh, uh, well, uh, did he? Oh, he's not someone who. He's always on the move, but doesn't it look like he's wearing him, wearing himself out yeah, doing he, so. He was he was effective. He he was very effective. But like Son come under absolutely zero stick. But there are people being divisive to Lamella because what that he was wasteful or that you know the fact is that there was there was one. I player... completely agree, I, I completely agree with that point. By the way, Son got off scot free and he was dreadful. Yeah, and I, and, and and that's what I'm saying is that no one should be digging out Lamella for giving everything. And and making mistakes, he's maybe too eager. And after a break of three months of football, maybe you know being eager isn't the best place to be. But what I saw is a player who clearly cares for for playing for for Tottenham, who wants to impress, who is is a technically decent player. I, I like I, I don't really understand anyone who, who wants to right now after that performance throw Lamella under the bus or, or not. This isn't him... a school sports day though, Flav. Man, it's not about taking part. You have got to bloody be effective, mate. Okay, so well, I'll, not, I'll give not, you a number. A number... Him... No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. But I'll give you a number of players who who weren't effective. Harry Kane was not effective. No, um, not. Uh, was not effective. Sissoko was not effective. No one talked about him. They were talking about a player who gave his bo- gave his bollocks. And didn't get get the credit he deserved. I don't know what you've been reading because I've not I've not seen. What does that mean? I've, well, I don't. You obviously got that from somewhere that Lamella's getting stick. I've not read him getting stick more than anyone else. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I, I didn't. I didn't really want to talk about Twitter throughout this podcast, yeah. but no, I've no. not seen. All right, okay. Any arsehole who didn't give uh, Harry Kane stick and gave uh, Lamella stick needs uh, a poker up his ass. All right, we'll leave it there. Okay, we've got uh, before we end, we've got some uh, questions. Some heathen records. He says, "What are your views on why there was there there were no more rotation, only two subs? What are your views on why there was there why there was there not more rotation, <laughs> only two?" He's written it very badly, Flav. I wish <laughs> I wish uh, people would just fucking write their questions properly. But yeah, no, no, fair play. <laughs> Thanks for sending new questions. <laughs> I, I don't re-read, pre-read these things. Uh, yeah, but why why weren't there more t- than than two subs? Fuck no. What did United they 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 made how many subs? They they did they do the full five? I don't know if they did the full five, but they definitely. I think they might. Two. I think they, they had, might have. They had Pogba to bring on as well, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did five. I think the last sub they made was like late on, like Spook. 88, 88, 88 Spook, what, minutes. What, but... what, did, what did you make of the like the like the commentators wanking all over the fact that 
Pogba and Bruno Fernandes were going to play together, like 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 we were about to witness Zidane and and Criff play together, or it's or... just I can't I can't stand I can't, I can't stand Sky at, at times like that. You know, a lot a lot of the time it's like, look, they're always biased towards a certain team, and sometimes they are you know pro the team you support, but it was just ridiculous. Ridiculous! It was just like Matt. It's just like watching Man United TV. I, I, I well, imagine that's what Man United TV is like: having two yeah. very pro United supporters, and then having uh, Roy Keane um, and Evra. Uh, yeah, and Evra. In the, it's like, can you pretend you're not biased? Like they're begging, they're begging for United to to, and even United players were doing really simple things that were effective, but simple. But they were. They were just creaming themselves. I said, "Like, I'm not having this. It's going on mute. It's going on mute. You know, like, I, they're making me behave like a child because I cannot stand to, to, to listen to it. Just call the game for what it is. Don't try and be too clever. But this is commentary now. Go back and watch commentary um, 20 years ago. Like, like the commentary for the Spurs semi-final against Arsenal. Is It's like someone sat down and written that. It's, it's, it's a thing of beauty. And I think it's Trevor Brookin that co-commentates on 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 that game, and it's it's beautiful. And they don't they don't have to comment on everything. They don't have to come across as being clever. They don't have to build anything up. They just commentate. You don't want them to do anything more than that. But punditry, I don't know what it's just an entertainment part of the entertainment industry now within football. It's, it's more insidious, much more insidious than that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I can believe that because we've had we've had to endure it during the Prem years. The yeah, Premier and, League year. Yeah, the, the, and, and, the bias and, towards United and yeah, yeah, but there's also a bias towards Tottenham when we play somewhere like Bolton or Fulham or Aston Villa or whoever it is. There's a bias. It's consistent. Towards... It's consistent with United, though. It's always no. But the point I'm making I think is that. Go on, T. I mean, at half time, all the talk is about De Gea's mistake. You know, mm. and um, and about and about Roy Keane having that rant about his, you know if he was my teammate, you know I'd, I'd be punching him up, which is amusing. But it's just like, well, this is what football is. It's just dumbed down. It's like EastEnders, but there's 22 men kicking a football around. And um, I think oh, I can't fucking remember what Tyler said. They tried to try to come up with some kind of one-liner about Pogba and Fernandez. It's a bit like when um, you know everyone wants to have that kind of um, Aguero type line. And I think Martin Tyler's really trying to get to that last night. And, you know, it didn't quite come off in the end. Yeah, well, um, I think they... Go on, go on. Well, there's two things. There's two things here, right? There's the commentators trying to find a line, trying to like carve a, a monolithic moment in their career where they can just capture a moment. And they're, and they're desperate for it. They're not going to get it with Watford versus Bournemouth. They're not going to get it. So they're not going to be trying in that point. But they might get it between Tottenham and Man United and... And, and 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 so that they're, the, a part of it is about let me get that moment in history, which is bad enough. But you know you can understand it because they're, 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 he's some sort of sixty-five-year-old man who wished he was a footballer who 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 wanks himself off of the fact that there are moron football fans that crave his every word, right? So this this is like a, a very kind of simple, you know, eunuch of a of a human being. Uh, and he's found himself in a situation where he's, he, his words mean something to morons, right? So, so that's that. But then there's also this more, much more insidious situation where you've got the very 
biggest football fans. When we say biggest football teams, we're not talking about the biggest football clubs. We're talking about the biggest uh, viewership, the big, the, the, those clubs that bring in the most eyes from around the world. And, and there needs to be a bias in the, in the commentary. There needs to be a bias in the commentary in order to drive uh, eyes, drive, drive viewership, drive audience. Because if you're talking about uh, Aston Villa or you're talking about Bournemouth in the same way that you're talking about Manchester City, Manchester United, especially Liverpool, then it doesn't drive business. You think Liverpool fans want to hear a genuinely bi- uh, unbiased commentary they don't they don't want to hear that so all you all you all you're doing in this instance is feeding feeding the will of a a football fan from wherever they're watching across the globe that's all it is so what we have is a uh, a panel of gary neville whoever it is fucking roy roy martin tyler roy i'm talking about in in the in the in the gantry, in the in the, oh, so uh, ever and Keane and Neville. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 why, why wouldn't you? If that, a lot of people were asking the question about why there wasn't, you know, ex Spurs players in, in the uh, in the commentary box or in the in the studio. The reason why there isn't ex Spurs players in the in the studio is because Spurs support fan base pales into insignificance. It like it's not important compared to. The, the the gargantuan support overseas that Man United fans have. So, commentary is bollocks. It's bollocks. Punditry is bollocks. People who talk about football, it's bollocks. It's it's like it's like uh, it's like a Manchester United fan listening to this podcast and expecting like an even or an unbiased uh, discussion. You're not going to get it because it's all fucking bollocks. Okay. <laughs> I think your original question was, "What did I think about the lack of substitutions?" And, yeah. <laughs> and it came out to fucking history of commentary. <laughs> All right, we've got, we've got one more question. One more question. Uh, uh, Freevie, he says, "How many new players will Mourinho need to to make Tottenham competitive again?" T five. Five. What what are you talking about? Where where, where are we weak? Where do we need to to improve? Both four back positions. DM. Yeah. Yep. Probably another centre back because Yander Tongan's going. That's four. And um, probably another striker. Yeah. So do you, speak, do you agree with it? Yeah, man. I, exactly that. Like, but they have to be. They have to be. I'm laughing because it's fucking ridiculous to, to say this. They have to be top draw signings. What, what are we going to buy? Like, who are we going to. Who? Where are we going to find players? Oh, Timo Werner uh, cost 50 mil. We could have bought him. Why did we yeah. do it? Why didn't we get? Why? Why were we not in that conversation? Why I, weren't we? I, we 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 we're, we're in. Don't you find that Tottenham are in this weird position that, that doesn't seem to impact any other football club? And there's probably an, an obvious reason I'm not thinking about right now that we're not the type of team that can have Harry Kane and then have a player of similar quality or potentially as good as a, a, a quality of him in the squad. Like every other team, they they stockpile top draw strikers. That doesn't necessarily mean it works for them because they don't have maybe consistency with performance and the rest of it. But we rely on Kane so much. You'd want someone to come in and not be a like a young player who potentially might not make it 
it has to be a player that costs 50 million, 60 million quid. But would that player be happy to play second field to Kane when Kane will no doubt start all the big games? So why does that? Why is it Tottenham that always have this problem? Because it seems that we've we've never been able to break out of that that thinking unless Levy is just too tight-fisted to, to kind of splash out on on a player like you know to come in. I mean, Kane didn't cost us anything anyway, so. Well, he's costing, <laughs> he's costing us something if we don't get Timo Werner in. Well, he's costing us. It's his fault. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the, the, the money that uh, Levy will get for selling him will uh, make him happy. It won't make me and you happy, but I don't know, man. We need we do need a striker. And you, you think about all the players at lower-placed clubs that are really decent, but they're English. Um, I talk about all positions. And then you think, how much are we going to have to spend to bring them over because British players get you know, slightly more kind of uh, overinflated price tags. So I, it's tame shit. And now we've had coronavirus, recession, and I suppose they're taking out loans has got nothing to do with the football side of things. But then you just wonder. It hasn't Levy even come out and said it's going to be difficult. So there's <laughs> nothing to, to get excited about. I think I think the question is redundant. I don't... I don't think Mourinho is going to get half the players that he needs. Um, T, you hate, you absolutely hate Lucas Moura's guts. You wish he was dead, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know um, because he's, you know what, he faked an injury to didn't to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt or take a knee. <laughs> you know, he's voted for that guy, what, Bolsonaro Bor- in Brazil. Bor- yeah, and you know, it's kind of, you know, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to miss the first game in protest. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with, I'm with you, brother. But but uh, Bergwijn, um he he's delivered again. Like you know, he, he, he's, he's the di- first player since Van der Vaart to score his first three home games. Facts. It's not just that. It's that's four, four in six. Is it four in six? Something like that. Um, what are you excited about him? Have we got a, a good player on, on our? Because he like he like bearing in mind, uh, Harry Maguire is an England centre back. He's an eighty million pound. Defense, uh, a centre back player, yeah, and oops. he absolutely destroyed him with that turn. Like, it, yeah, the mayor. He might have, yeah, whatever it was. Like, it's easy to to look at Harry Maguire's frailties, but the fact is that he had an eighty million pound centre centre back in front of him, and Stephen Bergwijn tore him to pieces, like tore his ass out, wrapped it around his neck, put it around the ball before he kicked it. And then smashed it into De Gea, who, who definitely did have a mare. But it was that, that, that that's positive stuff. Like we we have got a good player, right? or do or do we? What like what what kind of player do we have in Bergwijn? Do you think, T? Before we finish, um, very exciting. He can play across, you know, all three positions. He can play centrally up front. I think he played there against uh, Villa. I might have that wrong. Um, but he can play on the right and play on the left. He's got a lot of versatility. He's young. He's got an awful lot of upside, and there's a lot to be excited about. He um, he didn't join with any fanfare. There was no protracted move. We weren't after him for window after window. It just happened, and hopefully that's a sign of uh, maybe our our scouting going forward. Did you when he scored? Did you do the the W across your face, the West Side W? Did I know? <laughs> I, I didn't, but um, why, yeah, why? I, I, I love that. That's the thing. I did, I did. I looked, I looked right in my <laughs> missus's face, and then she was, she was like, "What, what are you looking at?" And I just put the W up. Put your W's up. Dubs, get dubs up. Get the dubs up. 
Okay, uh, Spook T, yes. thank you very much. Uh, this has been a uh, and a very enjoyable podcast, purely because of Arsenal loss. You know, the uh, the uh, the Spurs versus Man United game was probably a fair result in hindsight. You know, we we're in a position where we can develop and and move forward, but. You know, it wasn't the result I wanted, and I was frustrated after the game. But you know, we move forward, and it isn't going to be this season, but maybe next season. Yep, agree. All right, thank you, boys. Take care. Love Bye. you. Bye. Love, love you too, Mick. Bye. Mick. Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse meatball sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? 
plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Sports Social Podcast Network.